and welcome to episode 13 of the No Nonsense Leadership Podcast. Today is a special day because I have my good friend Ian from Grow Up Leadership. If you have not started listening to or watching his channel, today would be the great day to subscribe and give it a listen. He does uh, leadership uh, videos. He is funny as hell. He adds humor, which I think we can all use in our day-to-day -day work lives. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, uh, but he's also a fantastic leadership consultant. So I need to get into him because, or get into what he has to say, because we are going to be talking about feedback and I want to talk about employee reviews and getting into just, just having that conversation with our people. Welcome to the No Nonsense Podcast. On this show, I help new managers become more confident leaders, and I do this with no nonsense sense, if that makes any sense. And assuming it does, get your coffee because the show is starting. All right, so welcome, Ian. First, thank you for taking a moment of time to nerd out with me on leadership. How are you, sir? Yeah. I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for being a part, being able to be a part of this, man. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm excited to nerd out any any chance I get. So this is excellent. Well, to those listening and to those who are in my membership that get to watch the video, um, thank you for being the guinea pig, the first <laughs> interview I have. So if there's any technical issues, guys, it's all Ian's fault. <laughs> it, totally. I bring that kind of situation. It's all learning though. It's fun. That's, that's a part of a development, right? So, so uh, let me, let me, let me just to, to give the audience a little bit of background. Um, you are a leadership consultant. When did you start your when did you when did you feel like you were a leader or you were prepared to step up to be a leader? Perhaps yeah, not necessarily a manager, but a leader in general. And it's a, a great question when as I think about it. Um, so you know, I, I worked for the same organization for for twenty years, and about four or five years, I, I was happy. I was content. I got a lot of requests. People kind of encouraging me to, 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 to think about leadership. And to be honest, you know, I, I loved the constituents. I loved the mission. I loved the people I worked with too. And, and so my coworkers, and I think where I really got inspired to think about leadership was thinking about how can I improve things or how can we collectively improve things for, for, my coworkers, I, I hated seeing sometimes my coworkers. I, I was a high performer, so I was fine, but I hated seeing my coworkers who were maybe struggling with things, you know, that, that didn't seem to progress and, and had these challenges. So I think that's where I kind of started trying to get involved. I was doing a lot of mentoring and that kind of thing. Um, I was fortunate enough to just have leaders that, that uh, were encouraging of me, but to be honest, man, I never, like that was not that was not my path. I was not thinking about leadership. I didn't go to school for leadership. My parents were hippies, so they were kind of a little bit anti uh, business in a sense. Um, so this just was not my 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 normal path that I was on. What about, but what about in school? I did, what about in school? That, were you like uh, like a captain of any sports team, or were you more shy or quiet? 
some people, so, yeah, because so, some people develop or say, I'm not a leader because I've always been this way. So I'm curious, have you always kind of thought you could, not that you could step up because everybody can, but is that, was that always a drive for you or were you a little bit more of a quiet guy? So I think, so that's interesting. You, you asked that too, because I, I think when I think back, I mean, I, I, so I was, I was a, you know, a skateboarder, but I was kind of like led my skateboard little crew when I was a kid, um, you know, doing car stuff. I was always like, let's get together and create a little car club when I, I did music. And, and so I was trying to build. And so I think um, it wasn't necessarily like I was trying to lead, but I was trying to build, like, let's do something bigger. Let's, let's, let's build together. Let's build these relationships so I think there was always that there. And it was just mainly it was because, like, I wanted to do this thing. And instead of just, you know, I certainly admired people doing whatever, music, sports, whatever it was. And so I wanted to be a part of that. And part, being part of that sometimes is you have to build your your crew, your team, your these relationships and, and make something happen. So I was always involved in that. And I guess I never, until you just asked this, I never really connected that that has, that's leadership in a sense, or that's the type of leadership that I enjoy. Um, I, I will say I was never ambitious with some, as somebody who was like, I need to climb the, the corporate ladder. And that's not what I was about. So even as I did, I, I was able to move, you know, so I had, 15 years management experience and it culminated to a senior role. I had about five large teams that were reporting to me. So that's about 80 staff. Wow. Um, I certainly gained a lot of firsthand experience with managing employee performance during that time. But as I moved up, it wasn't, there was never an ambition of, I gotta be, I gotta get to the top. It was more just like more opportunity came and, and it was, it was more opportunity for me to, to make a difference. And that's really what I was about. And when I started seeing that really leadership at its core, it's not, it's not about being ambitious. I mean, you are basically your role. Yeah. You're, you have power, but you're, you're supporting these people, right? You're helping these people become better employees, become, have a better life, whatever it is. Um, so I think that's really, for me, that's been my motivation and my inspiration. And, and I hope people who go into leadership really try to approach it in that, that, that way. I like that. And, and you're absolutely right. It's not about, it shouldn't be about power. I know for some people it absolutely is, but, uh, you know, a true leader in my opinion is one that really cares for their team their team can annoy them, but they really care for the team as individuals. And as we work together, uh, you touched on the topic that I really wanted to dive in. So we might as well just jump in now. Employee managing employee performance. Yeah. Can you first tell me what that is? Dumb it down for it. How am I managing employee performance for the individual and how do I do it for a team? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. So, and, and I, I appreciate your, your, your introduction of what I'm doing uh, uh, currently. Um, so I, I, you know, I was been doing some consulting and what I kept running into with, with different clients was the problems that they were having with an employee's performance was simply that they weren't 
they weren't applying some sort of performance management practices, at least what I was used to. Now, I, I was fortunate to work in an organization that valued leadership development, that had already this performance management system in place that had, had they had it all figured out. So I didn't have to figure it out. So I was, I just assumed everybody did that that way. And then when I left, I actually found out a lot, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have these systems in place. So when I talk about or when I think about performance management, um, it, it's it's a number of different things. It's first starts with setting expectations, then having some process, a clear process to evaluate that performance and making sure the employee knows what that process is. Right. So it doesn't feel subjective. It it. it it, it's clear to that person and it feels objective to, to across the board and fair across the board. Next step is then actually delivering that feedback. And then beyond that, then there's coaching, you know, counseling, having those kind of crucial conversations all the way up to then deciding if it's a good job fit and termination. It, as well within there, um, there is the kind of annual review process or mid-year review process or some kind of more formal performance review process as well. So that's kind of the pieces to, to performance management. And you really, without all those pieces, all those components, it doesn't have to be difficult, but without those components, it can be challenging to just deliver feedback if you've never set clear expectations. Right. And so that's what I kept running into with the as a consultant with the clients. It, it's like you know, they're like, this employee is never doing this thing that I'm asking them to do. Well, did you ever set those expectations in the beginning? Well, what do you mean? No, I didn't actually do that. Well, we trained them, but that's not the same, right? So what I've tried to do, when I went back and I actually have now created kind of a training, and that's really been my focus recently is just, I have a kind of a thorough performance management training that, that I'm actually trying to, to push and provide out to the out to the world. Um, that was a long explanation. Man. No, no, but that's perfect because it really breaks it down. Um, I'm sure uh, through your your networks and your channel, you get the same questions as myself is I have a lot of people saying, how do I deal with um, an employee who's not doing their job? How do I motivate an employee? How do I get an employee to do this, that, or the other thing? And if correct me if I'm wrong, how you explained it is, me as the leader, me as the manager, I need to take a moment first to make sure that the expectations and how I'm grading or, or measuring whether this employee is doing the job required. First, the work has to come to me or the organization to create that checklist or that uh, process. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's the biggest challenge. You know, and we were talking about this earlier before I even started, but, uh, you know, the, the number one thing I see oftentimes is that somebody's somebody's doing this job, right? Like they're, they're, they're doing a good job. And this happened to me. Luckily, I worked at a place that actually had great training, but people were doing this job and then they get promoted to now manage a team of people doing that job. And unfortunately, some businesses don't actually provide any training how you actually do that they're just you're doing a great job we're going to promote you up to supervisor or manager and you don't have you don't have that structure and you don't have that knowledge i mean you know how to do that job really well so what happens is 
is those those managers they spend most of their time down in the trenches and you need to get out of the trench as a manager you need to think strategically and have a bigger picture focus you need to stand up above your team not to overpower them but to be able to to give them guidance this is where we're headed this is what we're trying to do this is the goals that we're setting this is the outcomes i'm trying to achieve so those are your expectations and then how am i going to evaluate that this is how i'm and you tell them this is what i'm going to do to mon- when i'm monitoring you and then you tell them how they're doing the the, the problem i i see oftentimes is that People always, with anything in life, right, they want that quick fix. They want to solve it. Um, and and leadership management, it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And and I think it leads, it goes to your point that you were making about building relationships. And that's a big part of, of how you get people to do things is you build a relationship. But it's a, rela- it's a working relationship. Like we're working towards this bigger goal. Uh, uh, and this is how we're going to get there. So you're, that's your kind of roadmap. Yeah. Well, it's, you said something that really struck a chord with me because I've been kind of thinking about this a while. I've been talking about it in a few videos, but you're like, when you said a stellar employee, they get promoted, but they don't necessarily get trained. And then what happens, and I think this is what's happening with a lot of the great resignation, at least in the, newer managers is that you promote me to manager you don't give me any training okay then what happens is you promote john and you say mike you're going to train john well i didn't get any training so i'm passing on working in the trenches to john and then john's training sally and now everybody's just working in the trenches and nobody's able to look to navigate if we're talking trenches are we digging it in the right way is it are we going the right direction you, that's where the supervisor, the manager needs to, like you said, have your head above and see what's going on and offer guidance and, and help out in the sense of removing any red tape or any issues or if there's a lack of supplies or this is how we as leaders can help our teams. Getting down and, first of all, not training properly the next manager is, to me, it's detrimental to the company because, you, like you said, you can have a great employee doesn't mean that they're a great leader it's not that they can't be but when the training's not done and you're just thrown in with the sharks you better learn to swim and keep your head above water kind of thing right it's it's not trickling down but the bad habits the bad and and it's not bad as in i'm trying to screw you over it's i don't know this is what i know which is you know just put my head down and get to work and that's not what leaders themselves need now, here's a question for you. Um, I've been promoted in my company. Uh-huh. And, you know, they, we, don't have, we don't have a process for um, employee d- to decide how productive people are doing, are, are being. Me as a new manager, is this something that I can create on my own and deal with my team? Like have set my own expectations and have you know my my uh, let's say a, a town hall meeting saying this is the my requirements as your manager. Not saying it like that, saying it a little bit less dictatorship like. But or do I need to be approaching my boss or senior? Like, does the company need it? 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> Absolutely, totally does. And it, and I think uh, to to certainly I'll try to answer your your question with the also jumping back to the previous point you were making is that you see this where this this person and I, if there's any chief executive officers ever listening to this i I apologize if i'm pissing you off but when you see we need when you see sometimes we need to agitate people because there's a change that's needed when you see when you see leadership training i will i will suspect if you see at the supervisory level like the next level up those people aren't getting super they're not getting training reality is most of the time you could probably go all the way up the chain and that person probably at the very top probably never got any leadership training. And, and I think that's the challenge when, and, and when you look at like just Gallup poll kind of um, research shows that the places that have it together, they're, they're few, but they have it together all the way up and down. People are happy, you know, and these are places like big companies where they're doing it well. Right. But there's big companies that they're not they're not doing it well simply because they they themselves up all they're all the way up there they work their way up but they never got any managerial training and leadership training and they may have a, a you know an MBA they may have you know a business degree but oftentimes at least the 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 older kind of um, uh, educations in business from a university they didn't include any of this kind of people management stuff that we're talking about now. So the, the, the challenge then is you have this whole organization that's really lacking in, in leadership training. Um, and it, it, and like you said, it's just this kind of unfortunate thing that goes, it goes all the way up the ladder. And when you have somebody at the top that doesn't value and understand leadership training, there's, it's going to be difficult for these people down here. Now, Hopefully, somebody at this supervisory manager level, this kind of mid-management level, is listening, and and to your question, then says, "Okay, my organization's not putting this this performance management into place. I, I'm you know hitting a brick wall when I'm trying to do that." I think yes, you can create some productivity, some quality standards for your team, and you should. And my suggestion would be is keep try to keep it as simple as you can. Um, but the point is you're trying to create some sort of clear expectation for them. And I would, what I would even encourage is involve your team, bring your team together. Hey guys, I'm trying to put together some performance standards. So we all understand what's expected of us. And that way I can do my job as a manager to support you all, to make sure that we're meeting these expectations, whatever they are, and they're consistent and you all feel like they're fair. So give me your ideas, you know? And so uh, the, the two big areas that I, I see, the two big buckets that I see with performance management, with, with setting those expectations, one is productivity, like you said. And so that's like, you know, the time it takes to do something or the, the number of things that are being created or whatever it is. And then on the other side, there's the quality and that's basically how well they're doing this thing and, and, and create some, I mean, if your organization, if your business is not willing to put in the effort to create that, I would encourage you, yes, to do that in some fashion, because otherwise you're just going to be giving out random feedback and it's going to be challenging to really enforce that without having a clear expectation at the beginning. Yeah. And, and I asked that 
in part from personal experience at the airport, um, you know, we had our union agreement and we had the basic rules and regulations of our employment, so to speak. But when I moved into management, there was no, there was no, there was no plan. It was just, here's your, here's your team, get stuff done. And for myself, it was, I guess at the time it would be more of an informal, but I, I found I was very clear with what my expectations are. These supervisors do it differently and it's not against them, but it's me and you guys. So this is what I'm okay with you guys not doing because it doesn't affect this, that, or the other thing, but these are non-negotiables for me. And, you know, just, I guess it was, it was just an, an informal way of me setting my expectations because if I'm getting in shit, it's coming to you one way or another. So let's, let's just make, get an, a shit umbrella for all of us. Yeah. And, and in my opinion, from the feedback I received, that was one of the best things that these employees had had over. I mean, we're talking 17 years that a lot of us were there. The, nobody took the time. It's, it was, it was a, it was caring, even though yeah. it was a manner of setting rules. Yeah. It shows that you care because like you said, I can't hold you accountable to something you have no idea you're supposed to be accountable for. How does right. that even work? And then, you know, you've got, we had other supervisors that were like handing out write-ups because you're upstairs having a, a too long of a smoke break. But who said what the length of the smoke break is? Yeah, how long is and that supposed to be? Then the question is, well, was my job done? Was there, was operations impacted? So there were so many variables and people are kind of like, what does this even mean? Where for myself, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. As a younger manager, my thought was, I don't, first of all, I don't want to give anybody shit. I'm not your father. But at the end of the day, I have responsibilities, which mean I have to do a job in order to keep food on the table, which means you have to do a job to keep food on your table. So let's work this together because we're both, we're both hungry. We both right. got to eat. So it just made life a lot easier. It, and it wasn't necessarily, like I said, it was informal. It wasn't structured in a written document, which should have been, I believe, my next uh, thing that I had created. But there was an understanding. And then when people stepped out of line, so to speak, I can have a one-on-one -on -one with them and say, okay, this is, this is what we're doing. Why did this happen? Or what was your intention? And have a discussion with them. And then we could circle back and say, okay, we know at this point, this isn't the way we're going to operate. So we've had this discussion. So the next time that you could, we, you know, we have to sit and talk about this, it's going to be awkward for you because you're putting me in a position that I don't want to be in. So as long as we're clear, and I never had that second conversation because everybody understood we're real. Like this is, this is where we're at. I'm, I'm laying my cards on the table. If this happens again, here's what the, you know, the outcome will be. You may get a one day holiday and it's unpaid. So is that what you want? Because I don't want it. I wouldn't want somebody to giving it to me. And it just made the, the, the work environment a lot better. Um, I had a question come to me and through um, my emails, um, somebody emailed me a question and you're actually the first guy I thought, I'm like, let me ask you again, because I, I never pretend I know all the answers ever. Um, I mean, nobody does. No, but exactly. And it's good to have other people like this person chose me to bounce ideas off and, and I've got you. And yeah. so they're having, they're a new manager. They have 30 employees and the, um, the idea of feedback is not like, it, it's not something that really has happened in the workplace. How often do you think that 
how should feedback be given to individuals? And how often do you think that uh, a new manager should have one-on-one -on -one meetings? Like we talked, you, you spoke briefly just about having an annual review or biannual, but I mean, I think we agree that talking to somebody about their performance once a year is probably not the best way to keep them on track. So yeah. if you had 30 employees, how would you organize your one-on-one -on -one time and how would you best deliver feedback I don't want to put words in your mouth, but let's say on a regular basis or what's, what would be your plan of attack if this was thrown on your lap? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And I think people are, are faced with that, especially, unfortunately, if there's not that performance management structure in, in place. And I think that's the, the, you know, I would, if I was having a conversation with this person, I might ask, okay, what, what are, are the expectations set? So is it clear? What are you giving feedback on, right? And, you know, uh, the next step, we talked, to, we talked a, a good amount about setting some sort of clear expectation, uh, you know, what gets stuff done? What does that mean? Um, you know, how do we measure that? That kind of thing. So then the measurement part is in the evaluation side of thing. And you should be routinely evaluating how this person is performing to that expectation right are they are they here are they, you know where where do we need them to be within that those expectations so that's really the next step before you even get to the feedback is what the hell are you going to talk to them about right what do you what do you what are you what are you expecting out of them and then how are you going to evaluate that and then you deliver that message now i think you should have your you have your one-on-one -on -one scheduled meetings and and we did it at least once a month um and that should be more of a meeting where you are providing feedback you're discussing their performance and whatever it may be whatever you've observed over the month and also talking troubleshooting sharing information all these other things building that relationship the 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 um you know the the challenge is you also want to then look for opportunities to provide incidental feedback where you're routinely just providing whatever feedback it is and, and whenever you see something. So you're not saving and sitting on a bunch of feedback for this, this monthly one-on-one -on -one meeting where you're just dumping all this feedback <laughs> at somebody. So uh, don't do that. You know, share, share things. But here's the thing. Here's the trick. That I would recommend, and there's actually um, I talked about Gallup. Uh, they they created this whole series, this book series. Um, it's excellent on, on called Strength Finders or Strength Finder, um, and they have uh, books about leveraging um, strengths in, in, as a leader. Um, they then go into a book about appreciation, and really what they're talking about is 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 identifying people's strengths and continually sharing praise. So praise is a big part of feedback that I think when we say feedback, we think of it as such a negative thing and, and, and it shouldn't be. We, we wanna create a culture and an environment where, where people feel appreciative to get feedback because they wanna do a good job. They have this other purpose, this bigger mission, this thing that they're trying to accomplish their why you know with Simon mm -hmm. Sinek yep. and 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 they need that feedback to get to be successful at that and a lot of the best way to provide feedback it's so much easier to provide 
reinforcement through praise, right? Sharing praise, hey, that that thing, and being very specific about it, being fair and specific and clear about this specific thing you did was awesome. It led to this, you know, this impact, that kind of thing. I, I think the challenge is a lot of people don't even understand the how to deliver feedback. And again, this is what, you know, why training and all of this is so important. You can't just, you can't just, just dive into being, I mean, a lot of us were, but you, you know, you shouldn't just dive into just being a, a, a manager or a supervisor and, and, you know, I'm good to go. Like really getting trained around this stuff can make all the difference um, because there's an art to delivering feedback and there's a process to it. Um, so, you know, not to, not to keep, I mean, I could go on forever uh, just about feedback alone. Well, let me, um, let me ask you a question. I've heard a lot and I'm sure that um, many of the listeners have heard what are your thoughts on the feedback sandwich? For those that don't know, the good yeah. news, the bad news, and then topped with a little bit of good news at the at the end. What, how do you feel about that? I'm not a fan of it, to be quite honest. I think it's an old school technique, to be be quite honest, that nope. uh, that, that was used basically when, when people didn't give feedback very often. And when they did, they basically were just it was all negative. It was all constructive. It was, it was harsh. And so, you know, people came up with this back in the seventies or eighties or whatever to, to create a feedback sandwich where you can make it, you know, less, less harsh. Um, and the reality is what, what all that does is just water down the constructive feedback that you have for somebody. If you've, if you're creating an environment where feedback is common and particularly you are praising this person routinely for the good work that they're doing, then you should be fine with just delivering feedback. I, I think, and if you're okay with this, I'll share, I'll share yeah, as quick as I can. Sure the, the model that I like to take for feedback in general, um, you know, reality is we, we all deliver feedback, whether we're in a leadership role or not. Um, and there's, there's a number of different models that are out there. Most of them all start with, with sharing the situation or your observation. I try to keep it really simple. So, uh, you know, once I've shared that situation, I stop there to listen and, and I'm simply listening for some acknowledgement. And most important, all you're trying to get from this person is a commitment to resolve. So if you get that commitment to resolve that issue then you stop there, you know, so essentially what you're listening for is the person saying, I'll fix that. That won't be a problem. Won't happen again. And seriously, stop there once you get that commitment yep. to resolution. Yep. Like, don't keep, once you keep pressing it, if you go fat, further, if you go beyond that, now it becomes an issue of trust. You yep. basically sound like you don't trust that person. They don't trust you to be a good leader. So that that's, that's something you want to avoid. If they don't commit to resolving, then share impact. So impact to the customers, their coworkers, the business, their own goals. And if they still don't commit to resolution beyond that, you've shared that impact and they're still not, not really committing to that, then you just simply ask them for a commitment. So I hear your concerns. I hear your side. I hear how that may be challenging. May I ask you for your commitment to resolve this issue? And, and that's the simplest model I can, I think that's the process I would say to delivering feedback. If you're doing all kinds of other things, you're doing too much. So don't do the sandwich. 
<laughs> I agree. I agree with you. And I, and that's something that uh, I know I've heard on some of your videos. I know I preach about it until I'm blue in the face, but it's the biggest thing is getting, having a relationship with your team. And like yeah. you said, if like my biggest thing is I worked with people, supervisors, they wouldn't say good morning. Like they're, you're walking by me. I know you see me. I'm not a small person. <laughs> Right. And you try to avoid, they try to avoid eye contact and not say good morning and not say how you doing for no other. I don't, I never understood the, the logic to that. To me, yeah. as a leader, it is my job to acknowledge you. I'm not saying I have to sit and have a 45 minute coffee break with you, but this is a, a, a person that if without yeah. them, the job's not getting done. So I need to appreciate that at the most basic level. And then if you have time, circle back around how, you know, you had a ball game this weekend. How, how did, how did that turn out for you guys? Or what, whatever it might be, you know, chit chat stuff, building the relationship. And like you said, when you notice something going right, thanks. Oh, that yeah. was amazing because it's not to blow smoke up somebody's ass. It has right. to be, it has to come from the most genuine places. And then when people know that you are watching, because it, here's the thing, it is so easy for me to find you screwing up. And so many yeah. managers want to be that detective. That's yeah. the easy stuff. You need to make sure that you're acknowledging and you're finding and acknowledging the stuff that's going right. That's what builds the trust. And then when you circle around because there was an issue, you don't need the sandwich. You, ha you, you have the relationship. You've built the, the mutual respect and the mutual trust that if Mike's coming to tell me that this is wrong, that's because it's wrong. It's not because he's, he's trying to make issues, right? It, it, it all comes down to people management and managing the relationships that you have. I think that's, yeah. that's, to me, that's the easiest way to do it. And then, like you said, when you have to give it, when somebody acknowledges it, that they made it, that's my bad, won't happen again, leave it. There's no point in beating a dead horse. Like, yeah. I've already thrown up the white flags. Mercy, you know? Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm I'll fix side. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the whole joke in the, the um, office space, you know, with the TPS report cover letter thing, you know, and he kept, he had six managers coming up to him to talk to him about a cover letter. So, you know, that's, that's it's funny because unfortunately it's <laughs> because true. It's real. You know, people get, <laughs> People get banged over the head with feedback and nobody likes it. Here's the other thing. Nobody ever complains. Nobody ever complains for getting too much praise. Yep. You know, nobody ever said, man, this person's too nice to me. You know, nobody ever says that. Yep. The, the, I think the challenge is, is that people, and when you talk about somebody who's not saying hello, that kind of thing, People go into a manager position, and, and this is where I try to start with, with my training that I provide, is just understanding that people don't understand what their job is, right? They, they don't know what their job is. Your job is not to just, you have work that needs to get done, and, and you're trying to apply these things, but your job is to support these people to do this work. That's your job. And part of that support is saying hello, is being supportive, is building relationships. And people don't oftentimes, unfortunately, when I, when I see somebody who's struggling with management and with a team, it's because they didn't even understand what they're supposed to be doing as a manager yeah. to be, or they have the wrong, the wrong idea about it. Yeah, I worked with a guy and he kills me to this day because he was a good guy. But when I started, he, you know, he was managing a fair bit longer at the airport than I was. And I went and 
I said to one of the, the executives, I'm like, can I get a $50 Tim's card? So Tim, that's our Tim Horton, our coffee card, right? I said, I want to, if it's all right with you, I'd like the, a $50 Tim's card every month, never to be buying myself. I, I don't need lunch. I don't need coffee, but I want to be able to just go and, and talk to some people at the airport. We have some downtime. So let me bring coffees out to this area of the airport and shoot the shit, so to speak. That's awesome. Immediately approved. So this other supervisor, he's like, why would you even ask for that? I'm like, why not? Like, I mean, we're getting paid, all right, but I'm not dropping 50 bucks a month just for coffees if the company can write it off. And he's like, yeah. yeah, but these people already get paid. You don't, need to, you don't need to pay them with coffee. I'm like, buddy, you are missing it. You're, it's, you know, like the, the discussions, I, it, it was a rougher environment in the sense of the language and, you know, you're just sucking ass if you're buying everybody coffee and, you know, they're here to do a job. Did they get their paycheck at the end of the week? Then what else do they need? And I'm, to me, it was just blowing. I'm like, how does this not make sense to you? How does it not, how can you not understand that my work day is 10 times easier than yours because of a dollar fifty coffee? Just, it, it's so simple. It's not to bribe people. It's, it's a peace offering. And, you know, Again, because I'm not a data guy, I'm not a research guy, but I know there is research that shows when you give somebody something, they internally feel obligated to give you something. And that at work is usually they're obligated to give you good work, to put more into, into it because they don't want to let you down because you are a friend. And, I'm, and it's to be clear, this is not a manipulation tactic. It has to be genuine, right? Like it has to... It, it, it's part of who you are. You're a giving person and it just, it's, it's natural. It's so simple, right? Well, and, and to that point, if you have a manager who doesn't get that, right. If it, who, who is not basically, it doesn't sound like a happy person as far as being a manager, miserable, miserable. miserable. <laughs> you're going to have a miserable team. Everybody's you're just going to keep it. You know, in, in what you're talking about, is is then the conversations you can start having when you're having that cup of coffee is about bigger purpose and this is kind of what you know again simon sinek's thing about the why right mm -hmm. the, the the having this this bigger purpose this mission and and as a as a manager that that's part of your mission is to inspire these other people um you know whatever that is for 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 whatever role you're in having purpose makes a difference and if you can get people inspired by simply ha having a cup of coffee and having a conversation and building a relationship and making them feel valued right that's really what you're that's really mm -hmm. what you're after and that's your purpose as a as a manager so the fact that if you're not if you're looking down on that or you think that that's a bad approach, then you probably don't understand what you're even doing as a manager. And that's uh, probably why they need to be going to your website. But seriously, like the, the, you know, the training and the, and the, the boot camp you're offering and the, the different services that we're offering. I mean, I, I think you and I both and all, all the people I know in this, we got into this not because we're trying to make a buck, not because we're trying to, to tell people like it is, 
but because we see that there is a real problem. I and mean, when you, 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 you talked about this previously, that the great resignation, when you talk about the great resignation and, and this was, a, this has been, an, you know, pandemic or not, this great resignation this has been a problem for decades, right? It's been a problem for a long time with management and, we're just trying to help. I mean, we're literally trying to share information to make it better because we see and we know that it can be better. And so that's what this is about. Um, you know, obviously you got to support family and, and, and have some sort of income, but you know, we're doing this because there is a better way to do this and it can be better for both the manager to have in love and enjoy their job and for your employees and your team. So that, you know, getting this stuff. Yeah. No, some question. Something I wanted to uh, something I wanted to share about feedback too before um, before I forget about it um, was I will say too when delivering feedback you know going back to that when you're delivering that feedback and I think this is something again that 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 managers the the pitfall that managers have is they're not thinking about that larger end goal and that was that whole thing with the just you're trying to get that commitment to resolve you, you need to be prepared for a lack of ownership you know, uh, placing blame on someone else or something else. Um, you know, the, the most common one is no one ever told me. I never got trained on that. I didn't know I couldn't do that. You know, that kind of thing. In my experience, it's pretty rare for someone to be like, oh, yeah, I messed up. Uh, sorry, I was being an asshole or uh, I'll get back in my lane or I'll get off my ass and work hard. Um you know, your, your point of that feedback is to get commitment to resolve, not go back and forth about who's right or who's wrong. It's not, it's not an argument. So, so don't get sucked into arguing. Um, and I think that's the bigger thing. The biggest kind of piece of advice I could ever share is really think about what you're trying to achieve as a leader. And when you're trying to, del- when you're delivering feedback, think about what is my goal? What do I need? Do I want to shame this person and make them feel like shit or do I want them to change their behavior? Um, You know, the outcome you're trying to get is to a commitment to change their behavior, fix this thing. So that's really what to say. Let me just. So if somebody, you know, you're telling me, Mike, you needed uh, I needed you to do this. And I say, oh, I didn't know that was part of my job. What do you then say? So my response to what, you know, Sorry, you didn't didn't know that, but that is part of your job. You know, do I have your commitment to resolve this issue, or you know, whatever that, you're needing to basically? That's exactly I mean, what I was hoping you would say because it's that easy. Yeah, it's right? not. Don't like it's, it's not an argument. I'm not. Yeah. I don't have to justify that. Well, I you trained me, or John trained me, and he never showed me this. And you're like, well, you should have been shown that. Yeah. Like he's like you said, I, I got tingles because it is that easy when you eliminate the argument and like you said you yes. come in knowing what your what your preferred outcome is just right. the acknowledgement yeah that's all you want you want them to say I, you know I, i'll change this behavior i'll fix it it won't be a problem that's all you're trying to get um yeah i i will say it's so many leaders get caught in this like and and here's the thing i think a lot of us think of us are think of ourselves as problem solvers or we want to Think of, you know, we want to, to, to the world to think of us as problem solvers. And there are some aspects certainly to being a leader, but if you can get that person to solve their, that problem on their own or come to that conclusion, 
they are much more likely to do that instead of you telling them. And getting going back and forth in an argument is not solving the actual problem that you want to solve. So yeah, keep it simple. I mean, it's, it's, it's all of this stuff. It's not rocket science at all. I mean, you and I have figured it out, right? And it's not rocket science. So just keep it simple. Um, it's complex and nuanced, though, and there's there's some things to it. It's not easy, but hey, you know what? I'm I'm so glad you said that because I say I've said multiple times, and it's kind of I feel connected to it. Is that management is not difficult. You just have to work with people and you have to know that people are crazy. When you understand that, you just got to figure out how to keep a balance of people happy or happy-ish and the job being done. It's like you said, it's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science. Like we just have to play with a few different knobs and tweaks and, and, and work on ourselves and our delivery and how we think about the outcomes that that's the the big takeaway I I got from today is thinking more about the outcome that I need before I even go into the situation, because there are many times and and the airport was the best example of for me to learn what supervisors shouldn't do because I was watching it all the time. And the amount of times that supervisors would get into heated arguments that were absolutely not necessary. And like you said, it absolutely destroyed any trust. You're the worst yeah. manager I've ever worked for. That's how I'm walking away from you. Yeah. And that, you, you, you can't come back from that. It's a hard, it's a hard climb after that. Yeah. It was that was that your goal, really, as a supervisor? <laughs> that was your goal to go give this person a feedback and have them walk away with they hate you and you're the worst manager ever. I mean, exactly. you know, think about what you're trying to achieve and then just go do it. And it, keep it simple and focus not on that. Don't get caught in this other stuff. Um, because, of course, people, I mean, that's human. Here's the thing. Think about it. When you get feedback from somebody else, it's human nature to, to have some sort of defense yep. against it, you know? And, and so it's rare. It is rare that somebody is just like, yeah, I fucked up. I mean. Yep. The and, only time I've seen that is when the, the supervisor has already done the heavy lifting of building yeah. the respect and the trust and right. people know that you know they fucked up and yeah. then that's my bad man that's my bad but yeah. it's very rare like from in my experience it's very rare i was able to pull it off with a handful of, of people but most supervisors like you said people will be like no it was it was their yeah. fault it was that fault it was that the other thing you know, yeah right yeah, everything else was a problem. <laughs> and I'm sure it was. I, I'm sure those things made it difficult. But at the the re- reality is it was their fault. And you know it. You, you just need them to fix it and not do it again the next time. That's your yep. goal. Focus on that. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that is a fantastic way to end today's podcast is that at the end of the day, leadership and dealing with feedback, it's simple. You just have to know the end result what your end game is um ian where can everybody find you give me a yeah go ahead so so yeah so uh certainly hit me up at www.gro-leaders-up.com um that's my website and certainly have links to all my other uh socials there i'm ian mcleod m-a-c-l-e-o-d uh on on linkedin certainly hit me up there and then i have my my channel grow up uh leadership on 
on YouTube as well. So uh, please, please find me. Um, if you ever have any questions or need anything, I'm, I'm here for you. Amazing. And if you have not seen his channel, do so. You will, you will laugh at quite a few of the videos. They're quite humorous. There's great effort put into that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good chuckle. Um, I will have all of Lee Ian's contact information in the show notes. So until next week, my friends, thanks, Ian. Thank you. Peace, y'all.